Does a brand asking you for your rates induce anxiety and stress? Because so many creators are hesitant to talk about how much they charge, once you start monetizing your platform, you have no idea where you should even start when it comes to setting your rates. And you don't want to get taken advantage of by setting your rates too low, especially if the brand is willing to pay more. No guide tells you exactly what to charge and how you should know what's typical in this industry. Trust me, I know how you feel. I also know that you're providing really great content and you deserve to be compensated appropriately for all the value that you're bringing to brands. I'm Kristen Buscan. I've been a full-time creator for over three years and I've brought in over $400,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today, we're diving into how to figure out what you should be charging as an influencer or a content creator. We're giving you the scoop on all things rates and brand partnerships. This, my biz BFF, is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 128 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here today. Why is it that I feel like every time I get on here, I'm either introducing a dog one week or the next week telling you that they got adopted? It's honestly amazing. Uh, Today, Pop-Tart has her final meet and greet with a family that we are very confident is going to be adopting her. She's going to be meeting their dogs, seeing how it goes. She's amazing with other dogs though. So I think it's going to be great. I'm so excited for her. It was a really great event that we had for the dogs yesterday, actually at the Batchmaker, which is that bakery I was telling you guys about last week that we named all of the dogs after. And crazy enough, the owner of the Batchmaker is the one who wants to adopt Pop-Tart. So super, super excited for her. Um, yay. Yay, Pop-Tart. <laughs> I think we'll probably take like a week break after this um, until we get another foster because we have continuously had puppies in our house since literally before Christmas with literally no more than two days break in between. So I got to give Andrew a little break or he's going to divorce me probably. (laughs) In other news, Instagram is limiting the amount of hashtags. This is a test that they're doing. So according to reports, the maximum number of hashtags that you'll be able to use is five. So for all of you who are like, oh my God, how many hashtags should I be using? Apparently Instagram doesn't want you using too many. They're aiming to reduce the capacity for spammers to target trending topics. And this is something that I've heard a lot about in the past. For example, like Valentine's Day just happened. If people are using hashtag Valentine's Day, it actually is something that they don't typically show as often because it's something that around specific holidays and things like that, when there are trending topics, a lot of spammers will use those hashtags. So kind of a weird situation where it's Valentine's Day, you think you should be using hashtag Valentine's Day, but it actually could hurt you more than it could help you. So keep that in mind for future. Um, We did actually on 2.15 get a note from Instagram saying that it was not something they're actively exploring right now, but it's weird because there were so many reports about it happening. So this feels very up in the air. We'll have to see what actually ends up happening. Um, But if that is true, true. What? Kind of crazy. Honestly, I don't know how you guys feel about hashtags at this point. I would actually really love to open a conversation up about this in the DMs. So let me know. But I personally just actually haven't been using hashtags at all. I've been just using more like SEO terms within my captions, within my content.
content. It just feels a lot more natural and it's less work to find hashtags. So I don't know, take that however you will, but we'll see what happens with this. This is really crazy to me. Instagram is testing adding carousel posts to the Reels stream. So to clarify, because that sounds kind of confusing, it will allow users to post multiple videos and or still images in a single Reels post. Okay, so you have a Reels post and you watch a video. You will be able to swipe like a carousel and watch multiple videos. So you can have multiple videos or images mixed in with that in one single Reels post. What is the difference (laughs) from this literally just being a carousel post where there's a video in it? Is it because it goes onto the Reels tab? Honestly, not super sure. This feels uh, really weird to me, but I almost feel like it's one of those updates where right now I'm like, I hate it. It's so weird. And then it comes out and we like deal with it for so long that it just becomes normal, right? (laughs) Just like stories, just like Reels. Uh, So we'll have to see how this works out. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. It could get people to spend a lot more time on your content, which I'm sure would only be a good thing. So we'll have to see what happens with this. This is a test at this point. Now, this is actually out of testing. So this is real. This is happening. You can now filter DMs by, quote, people you follow. So creators will now be able to manage DMs a lot easier because you're going to be able to filter out messages from just the people that you actually follow. So if you get a lot of DMs from people that you don't follow and it's like a lot of stuff that like maybe is not a priority to answer right at the second, you you want to go to those people that you already follow and are having conversations with, you'll actually be able to filter this in your DMs now. So yay. Meta is testing out a new feature on Instagram that allows you to filter comments on posts by Meta verified users. Okay, let me tell you this. Um, as of right now, this is testing, but on one of my accounts that I manage, I actually saw this feature. And so I sorted by Meta verified and I actually came up as, because I commented on this post, I came up as someone who uh, was first there as someone who basically had Meta verified and like got filtered into that. Now, I personally have never purchased Meta verified. I actually am so annoyed with this because I actually got real verified literally like three weeks before they released Meta verified. <laughs> I didn't even get to bask in the greatness that was getting verified. So it's interesting to me that they're lumping, it seems, all verified users, whether it's Meta or just actually regular verified from the platform into this filter. So I commented on it, not a meta verified user, but still got filtered to the top of this. So just kind of a weird thing to know. Um, But as of now, again, this is something they're testing. We don't know if it's getting released to everyone right now or when it will be released. Um, But if you are a meta verified user, I guess this is one way that you are maybe getting a little bit more exposure that was kind of promised to you when you became became a meta verified user um, through the comments there. So not exactly sure how important that is because I don't know how many people are going to really be sorting through comments unless it's their post. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I just can't really see that happening super often. Now, this topic that we're talking about today is probably one of my most requested topics ever. I get the most questions from people that are in our membership social suite or that are just following me on TikTok or on Instagram is what do I charge? 
how do I figure out what I should be charging for partnerships as an influencer, as a content creator? There's no guide. How do I figure it out? So we're going to talk a little bit more today about what this actually looks like. Let's get into it. Today, we're going to be talking all about setting your rates as a content creator. And this can be so extremely confusing. So as you go through today's episode, there is a free download for you down in the show notes. That's a worksheet that you can use to actually work through and figure out your rate as you're listening to this episode or after you're listening to this episode. So you can grab that worksheet for free down in the show notes right below this episode. I want to start this portion of the episode off by saying there is no formula for figuring out your rates. Any of the calculators that you see online or on your Google searches, personally, I don't feel like I've ever found one that is super accurate to what I personally charge and have been paid by multiple brands over the last few years. So use them maybe as a starting point, but take them with a grain of salt because typically these calculators are not incorporating all of the things that need to be incorporated into figuring out your rates. I first want to start off by telling you how I actually figured out my rates because I've been doing this for a long time. And honestly, when I first got started, there was no one for me to ask what I should be charging. So I literally figured all of this out with trial and error with, you know, using these calculators and trying to figure out what was accurate and what was not. Like this was a like the wild, wild west, figuring out your rate, right? So the first thing I want to tell you is the story about how when I first, first, first started charging, how I even figured it out. So I maybe at this point had about 10,000 followers. This was a few years ago though. So things are a little different now. This was probably back in 2018. I had a friend who was super, super similar to me in terms of our demographic, in terms of our quality of content, our niche. Like we were very similar creators and we were good friends. So a brand reached out to me and asked me how much I was charging for. It was like an Instagram post and a stories segment of maybe three slides or so. And I had no idea. So naturally, as one does in this situation, I pulled a number out of my ass. I said $250. I don't know. That feels fair to me considering I'm just getting started. Like I only kind of know what I'm doing right now. I would be super happy to make $250 for just like taking a cute picture, right? That's kind of the way that I was looking at it at this point. (laughs) And I'm sure most of you even listening today are like, oh yeah, like 250 bucks to like take some pictures and post them. Awesome. I can do that. So I went forward with this partnership, signed a contract for $250. Thinking about it now, I actually don't even remember if there were any usage rights involved. This was before I knew anything about reading a contract. And I did this partnership. Everything went super great. And I found that this brand would reach out to me very often. So eventually, I have a conversation with this other friend of mine who I told you was a very similar creator to me. And I said, hey, like I saw that you also posted for this brand like the same campaign that I was on. That's so cool. Um, You know, I wonder if they found us from each other, like whatever. And so I asked her, if you don't mind me asking, like, how much did you charge for this? It's so confusing to figure out what you should be charging. And she had told me that she charged $500 and like got no questions asked, immediate acceptance. And again, I'm over here charging for the exact same thing. We are super, super similar creators with like our niche, our stats, everything. And I'm thinking she just got paid two times what I got paid 
simply because she asked for that much. Like, let that sink in. That was so absolutely wild to me. And so I said, okay, what? Like, that's so crazy. Guess my rate is $500 now. Because if she can do it and we're so similar, why can't I? And so I started to essentially, when brands would ask, I would say that for those deliverables, my rate was $500. And so I started doing this and I would find that brands would essentially immediately accept my rates most of the time. And so one thing that I've learned, and this is like pro tip, write this down, is that if you are sending out rates to a brand and they're immediately accepting, they're probably too low. They're either a really nice brand that doesn't want to negotiate and really sees the value in like paying creators what they want to be paid, or they are literally like, oh my God, this is way too low. Like, let me just say yes, hurry up and sign a contract before she changes her mind, right? So typically, if I find that I'm getting multiple immediate acceptances of my rates, I will raise them. And I'll raise them maybe $100, $200, $300 and and play around with it. This is the part about figuring out rates that is so frustrating is figuring out your rate is more of an art than it is a science. Again, I told you earlier in this episode, there's really no perfect formula for figuring this out. It almost is an art of let's try this and see what works. Let's experiment with this, like play in the sandbox of figuring out my rates, sending them to brands and just seeing what type of feedback that we get. If you're constantly getting responses from brands that are saying, oh, sorry, we can't afford you. We can't afford you. We can't afford you. Your rate's so much higher than we were expecting. Like if you're getting that a lot, okay, then maybe they are a little bit high. Can you lower them? You know? So that being said, I continue to raise my rates as I was seeing that I was getting immediate acceptances. And I did this literally until I got to a point where brands were saying, oh, well, like we have to negotiate this a little bit, or can you do this for a little bit lower? Like I was always, always, always negotiating. That's when I knew, okay, I'm probably in the right range here. Another thing to think about with your rates, again, pro tip, write this one down. You do not need to have rates that are one specific number. And that is what you get. 99.9% of the time, having a range of rates is going to make you less stressed out and make you feel a lot better about sending over your rates. You can have an idea in your head of this is what I would like to be paid. For example, when I think about Instagram posts, I immediately think, okay, I'm I'm charging typically like around $2,000 for a reel. Now I don't get $2,000 from every single brand. That's in my head, my like magic number. I would really like to get that. And many brands will pay me that. But also a lot of the times I'm bundling together multiple deliverables and giving discounts. Or maybe I'm working with a super, super small local company. I'm obviously not charging them $2,000. So go into it knowing this is my magic number of what I'd like to get paid. But also know that not every brand is going to pay you that number. It's going to be typically a range of what you see. Maybe this is on the lower end of what I charge smaller companies. Or like if I'm doing big bundle discount rates, this is what that rate looks like. Or in a perfect world, I'm getting paid this much, right? On the higher end per post. So it's going to be a range. So after I did this for a really long time, I eventually got to a point where I was negotiating a lot. I was spending a lot of time going back and forth with brands, negotiating contracts, negotiating rates. And I eventually was approached by a management company, um, an agency that represents content creators, helps them get jobs, manages all you know their inbox, um, and essentially 
essentially helps us make more money, right? So I said to myself, why not? Like, I should try it. Like, let's just do the trial. It's no harm, no foul. Let's see what goes on. And so one thing that I did first with this agency during my 30 or 60 day trial that I did with them was we sat down and figured out my rates. So they asked me what I was normally charging and I told them and they were like, sis, (laughs) no, we're definitely going to be raising this rate, especially because when you're paying an agency or a manager to represent you, it's typically a 20% fee that you're giving away. So if I was charging my normal $500 at this point, I would be giving 20% of that away to my manager for every single partnership that, that I do. And so obviously you kind of, when working with an agency, have to build in a little bit of that room there so that you can get paid what you want to pay, get paid, but also you have to pay your management company, right? So that's kind of a side note if you are working with management, but I did a trial, we figured out my rates and they ended up actually being a lot higher than I thought so at that point. So this is maybe in 2021, I would say. Um, I did a 60 day trial with this agency. And so we ended up getting my rates to around like $1,200 to $1,500 for for um, a post or a reel. I think it was just a post at that point. I don't even know if reels were out at that point. <laughs> so I took this, this $1,500 and said, wow, that's crazy that I could actually get brands to pay me that. And so I started pitching that to brands. I Long story short, didn't really have a great experience with the agency. And so I decided not to sign with them. It was cool to do a trial and get that insight. But eventually, I just kind of realized I can do this myself and not pay 20%. But I was still pitching that $1,500 for a post as I was doing during that management trial. So now I kind of had this inside information on what I could be charging according to someone who manages multiple creators and sees behind the scenes what everyone is getting paid. Personally, I wish that going through these first few years of figuring out what to charge, I wish I did have a community that was a cool place to be able to ask ask these questions of like, what should I charge? Or a brand said this, like, can you help me figure out different packages? And that's actually exactly what we do in Social Suite. We have so many creators who will drop email screenshots and say, hey, this brand just reached out to me. This is what they want. Like, can you guys help me brainstorm what this could look like? And that's honestly every single day what I'm working on with creators in Social Suite. So if you ever do feel like you need that help, it is there for you in Social Suite. But let's figure out if you were to do this on your own, What do you need to consider when figuring out a rate? And what I'm going to give you sounds like a formula. (laughs) I swear it's not. It's really just things to consider. But at the same time, it is going to be different for every partnership. Like I said, you want to have a range of what you should be charging. So the first thing to figure out is your base rate. What is the absolute bare minimum that you would be comfortable getting paid considering the amount of work that is going into this job? And when you go into thinking about this number, because this is the one that's kind of like really up in the air. And this number decides the rest of everything else we're going to talk about. You need to go into figuring out this number with knowing that your work is valuable. It's not just, oh, I'm going to make like this quick video and it's going to be super easy for me. So let me charge $100. You are allowing a brand to use your content instead of spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on hiring an entire production team to do this for them. You have to realize the value that you are bringing to the table. Not only is it that production team, 
but you're also allowing the brand to use your likeness, your face, your personality, your persona. And especially if you are someone who is very well known in your industry, or you're like, you know, one of few in your industry who do what you do, or you have a really, really loyal audience who like sees your face and recognizes you. In that case, that is so valuable that you're representing the brand. It's just like when celebrities represent like, you know, smart water or vitamin water, whatever it is, we recognize our faces and immediately that brand gets more clout. Like we trust that brand more because like our favorite celebrity is representing it, right? We trust it. While we are not celebrities, most of us, most of you guys listening, me included, not celebrities, you still have that rapport with your audience that you very likely have taken years and years and years to build. And that is worth something. So in your head, please remember that, okay? You're not just taking a cute video and posting it because it's fun. This is work that not everyone can do. You have a specialized skill here. Okay. So you figure out your base, right? What is the absolute minimum you would feel comfortable considering uh, the amount of work that is going into the job? First thing I have to note with this is please be careful when you're figuring out this rate, because if you make this rate too low, you're going to enter the territory of content that you hate creating. As in when you actually go to execute creating this content, you're going to sit down and say, I am so mad at myself for doing this for $100 because this is so much work and this sucks and I want to stop it, but I already signed a contract and you're going to hate your life the whole time. I don't want you to get to a point of resentment with creating content. And this happens really easily if you're taking on jobs that are too low for what you should be getting paid. So don't be afraid to bump this this base rate up. You can always negotiate it down. But if you start too low on the base rate, you're going to really be like kicking yourself in the ass here. So some formulas, I know I don't want to give you like a perfect formula, like I said, but I just want you to know like some sort of starting point. Okay. Some formulas that I've heard are four to 5% of your Instagram following or two to 3% of your TikTok following. And honestly, when I did this calculation, what I usually charge is not super far off on the low end when I did this calculation. So like 4% of my following on Instagram, I think was around $1,000. And on the very, very, very low end, that is what I would be charging. So I think for a base rate, that's actually not super crazy. Okay, so I don't actually hate this formula. (laughs) This is like for a base rate, though, there's so much more you're going to add on to raise this, that would be the bare minimum lowest you would do something for. Okay. Now add-ons. First things first, we have engagement rate. This is how much of your audience is actually engaging with your content. You can go on Google all over the place, literally just type in Instagram engagement rate calculator, TikTok engagement rate calculator, whatever it is. Is that number, it's going to be a percentage on par with the industry standard. Is that number super high compared to what everyone else sees? Is it super low compared to what everyone else sees? You need to figure out where you stand in the, in the grand scheme of things with engagement rate, but also with reach. Is that on par with the industry standard? Is it higher? Are you getting massive reach for the amount of followers you have? Are you getting super low reach for the amount of followers you have? These are going to be very important things that will play a part in your rate. Now, the important question is, how do you figure out what the industry standard is? You're like, okay, Kristen, I know my engagement rate. I can see my reach, but how do I know if I'm where I should be, quote unquote? Typically what I do, because this 
can change often uh, as new studies are coming out. I'll go on Google and type in TikTok benchmark report or Instagram benchmark report. And here is where I'll usually find some sort of recent study who is that's been done that will have, you know, if you're this many followers uh, in this kind of follower bucket, you should be getting about this much engagement. And you'll be able to see from actual studies that are recently being done with creators, what is quote unquote normal for your follower count. Um, Rival IQ does a really, really, really good uh, TikTok benchmark report. I wish they would do them frequently for Instagram because the one for TikTok is incredible. I use it every single time that I am figuring out a TikTok rate for a creator that I work with. So I personally, for TikTok benchmark reports, would go to Rival IQ. If you just Google it, you'll find it. You'll be able to see the industry standards for what is quote unquote normal for engagement rate, for reach, and all these different stats that show you where you stand compared to other creators. The reason why this is important is because if your engagement rate or your reach is massively higher than what everyone else in the industry is considering quote unquote normal, that is proof right there that your rate should be a lot higher than that base rate. So if your base rate is $1,000 and you have massively high engagement and massively high reach, this is where it's hard because there's no formula, but you need to add money on. How much money is really up to you and again, your trial and error that you're going to do, but you should be definitely charging higher than that base rate. If you found that your engagement rate and your reach were super low, I think that base rate would probably be more of like, this is going to be the norm for me until you get your views and your engagement rate up. Okay. The other thing to consider here that I think is actually the reason why most rate calculators do not work is target audience. How specific is your audience? The more specific your audience is, the more a brand who is in line with your audience is going to pay you for content. For example, I am a person who speaks to entrepreneurial creators who are looking to build their businesses. So I know my audience is super targeted. I'm not just talking to people who use social media. Most of you listening right now are creators or people in the creator industry that want to learn more about making money online. And so when I work with a brand that's entire mission is helping creators make money online, my audience is so much more valuable to them than someone who just generally talks about social media, right? Like it's a huge difference. Another example might be a fashion creator being super generous versus an affordable mid-sized fashion creator who only shares neutral outfits. If I'm a brand that lines up with that affordable mid-sized neutrals, I'm automatically going to find you more valuable than just a general fashion creator. Another example might be a general fitness creator versus fitness creator for moms with only five minutes who hate to exercise, right? Like that's so specific. And this is where the conversation of niche comes in. I know so many people are like, don't make me niche down. I don't want to niche down. But this is why that's so important, right? Because the more targeted, the more niche your audience is, the more valuable you are to brands because more people in your audience are going to be interested in the product if it aligns, right? Keep that in in mind. I know it's scary to put yourself in a box. I know you guys hate niching down, but this is why I think it can be very important. Now, the scope of work is another thing that I would definitely consider when you are adding on to this base rate, how much energy, time, and money is it going to take out of you to actually complete this job? The more complicated a project is, the more you should charge. For example, if a brand is requesting for me to do just kind of like a talking head video where I'm talking about the product, maybe I have like a couple 
clips where the product comes up on screen, that is massively lower in energy, time, and money to produce than something where they want me to like go around Charlotte and show me at coffee shops and show me doing this and show me doing that. And I have to drive here and drive there. That's going to take so much more time, money, energy from me that I'm obviously going to charge higher for that type of content. So something like a talking head video is going to be closer to my base rate than it is like my in a perfect world. World, right, right, my high end rate. So that's something to consider. And this is also a really great reason why you should definitely be asking the brand, what do you want this content to look like before you actually sign the contract? Because if you sign the contract at a lower rate, and then you realize after when you get the brief that it's massively high production, you're going to really, again, kick yourself in the ass for not charging more because you just didn't have all the information that you needed. So ask these questions before you actually sign a contract. Now, the other things here that I think are kind of secondary to your, your base rate. So you're going to have your base rate with the add-ons of you know your engagement rate, your reach, your target audience, the scope of work. But on top of that, that would be considered like your, your base rate in a contract, all that put together and whatever you decide it looks like. On top of that, you're going to have the contract terms that you should be potentially adding money on. And this is going to change for each partnership, of course, because each contract for each different partnership is going to look different. First things first is paid usage rights. This is where the brand is going to want to use your content to create some sort of paid ad. It literally might be like an ad in Sephora, like on an end cap. It might be a flyer that they put in with, uh, you know, in a mailer that they're mailing out. It might be a Facebook ad. Like it literally could be any type of ad that they're going to have to spend money to reach the audience that they're reaching. This should be somewhere between 15 to 35% of the base rate per 30-day period. I would say for this type of usage, closer to 15 to 25%. 25 to 35% is more accurate for something that is like whitelisting. Um, if you have not heard of whitelisting, whitelisting, also known as allow listing, also known as creator licensing, this is where the brand is going to use your content in an ad that literally looks like an organic post. So typically when we're scrolling through our Instagram feed or our TikTok feed, and we see that something looks like a really organic post from our favorite influencer, we're going to be more inclined to click it versus if the brand that we like is going to post something and say, this is the best mascara ever. If an influencer tells me it, I might believe it more because they're giving me recommendations all the time versus a brand who tells me it's the best mascara ever. Of course, they're going to. They're trying to make sales. So we almost feel a little bit more inclined to spend money when influencers are sharing it that we love and trust and know versus the brand who almost feels obligated to say it's the best. So whitelisting or allow listing or creator licensing, it's all the same thing, is where the brand is going to create something that looks like an organic post from you but it's actually an ad. It's not going to show up on your feed. And so typically they see a higher ROI, a higher return on investment for this type of content, which is why I typically charge more for it. So regular paid usage rights, if they're going to make a Facebook ad that looks like it's coming from the brand, it's your content, but like it says Maybelline is posting it or whatever, 15 to 25% of the base rate per 30 day period. If it is allow listing, creator licensing, whitelisting, whatever, more 25 to 30% 
percent, 35% of the base rate per 30 day period is what I would say. Um, exclusivity is another contract term that you could definitely be adding on to your rate for. This is very difficult because I think the percentage of what you should be charging here is very dependent on how difficult it is for you to stay exclusive to that brand. For example, uh, a brand like Circle. Circle is where I host my membership social suite. I am extremely loyal to Circle. I'm not using another membership platform. I'm only hosting my membership in one place. And so it's very easy for me to stay exclusive to them because I'm not working with competitors of them. Like I am only going to talk about Circle when I'm talking about building a community. And so for something like that, it's actually very easy for me to stay exclusive to. I might be charging closer to 10 to 15, maybe 20% of the base rate per 30-day period for exclusivity versus in if a, a video editing app, maybe there are like a bunch of different ones that I like for different reasons. And I would realistically work with many different video editing apps because I really do use multiple apps. So in that case, if CapCut came to me and said, we don't want you to work with InShot. And I would say, ooh, that's tough because I really love InShot too. Like I love you guys both the same. I might be charging closer to 50% of the base rate per 30-day period. That would be like if a fashion creator uh, you know, maybe a brand like Old Navy came to you and said, hey, we only want you to be talking about Old Navy for fashion stuff for the next 30 days. That's extremely difficult because like, what are you supposed to only feature Old Navy pieces in your content? Like that is something you should be charging way more for versus me talking about Circle, which again, I don't even use any of the competitors, right? So you can see the difference there and how that rate can change so much depending on how difficult it is for you to stay exclusive to that brand. Another thing that I typically would charge more for, and this is a, a number that really is just up to you, like there's no perfect number here, is extra reshoots or extra edits. Um, typically, if a brand in the contract says, oh, we uh, would like up to three edits, potentially, you know, including reshoots, uh, free of charge, whatever. That means that I might have to create that content three separate times. First of all, that's crazy. That's so much work. What if you really had to do that three times? No. First thing I would say is narrow down the number of reshoots if you can. If the brand is adamant on this being in there, raise your rate. Because if you do end up having to shoot this three times, you need to be compensated for that. So pad that money in there. And again, that rate can really be up to you. What would feel comfortable for you to be able to reshoot that potentially three times, right? The other thing that you may have to charge extra for dependent on the contract terms is the payment method. This is something we don't always think about as creators, but when you're looking at a contract and it says, we're going to pay you through PayPal. PayPal, as we know, takes a fee out of what you are getting paid. And it's typically like a pretty hefty fee, especially if you're getting paid a lot of money. So you could potentially be losing out on hundreds of dollars here. In this case, I would be asking the brand to either no, like direct deposit it, we're not using PayPal, or the brand needs to be responsible for the PayPal fee. So if your rate is $1,000 and the PayPal fee is going to take out $50, then you need to add $50 onto your rate. You need to ask the brand to take out PayPal, or you need to put in there, the brand is going to be responsible for covering any PayPal fees. So there's options there, but you may actually have to add money onto your rate if the brand doesn't want to change the contract. The other thing here is raw footage, especially now that user-generated content is something that is 
just so widely talked about and so many brands are utilizing it, you may see more and more requests coming in for brands to use the raw footage of the content that you created so that they can edit it in 50 different ways and use it in ads or use it organically, whatever it might be. Typically with raw footage, most creators will charge somewhere between 40 to 50% of that base rate additionally. So example, if it were $1,000, what you were partnering with them for, and they wanted raw footage, you might be charging $1,500 total, adding on that $500 if they want raw footage access. The other thing with raw footage is that many times brands are also going to want paid usage rights with the raw footage because they want to be able to edit that again in 50 different ways and make a bunch of different ads with it in they're going to have to pay to put those ads out. So that would fall into the paid usage category. Again, we just talked about that being something that you would have to charge extra for. So raw footage is not something you should be giving away for free. It's actually a really big moneymaker if a brand is asking for it because they have to pay for the footage and they usually are going to also have to pay for the paid usage rights. If your brain is still properly functioning and hasn't melted out of your ears at this point, congratulations. Talking about money and talking about rates can be so stressful and anxiety inducing. So I hope that after this episode, you're feeling a lot better about maybe where you land in this realm of pricing. I will tell you right now, there is a guide down in the show notes that actually is a little worksheet for you to figure all of this out. So hopefully at the end, you come out with like a beautiful range of rates. So if you need help figuring all this out, you can go back, download that and even listen to the episode again. Um, And then next week, we're actually going to be talking in depth about UGC. So if you're trying to figure out what to charge for UGC, how to get more UGC jobs, all of the things, next week episode is fully, fully, fully all about UGC. So I will see you guys next week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.